Welcome to Cure Chronic, a place where we have deep conversations and hear amazing stories about chronic disease and more. Here's your host, Becky Gale. All right, and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am really excited to announce another lovely guest coming all the way from Chicago. This is Gabby. Gabby, why don't you go ahead and tell us your story? Hi, everyone. Um, My name is Gabby. I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis back in September of 2017. Um, Kind of started out of the blue. I had um, started noticing some uh, blood and mucus in my bowel movements and realized something something was off. Um, I had changed around my diet earlier that year. So in my mind, I was like, hmm, maybe it's these new things that I'm eating that might not be agreeing with me. But when I started seeing blood, I was like, this, this is more than just diet related. Um, so I had an appointment already with a gastroenterologist for something different. And I mentioned kind of how I was feeling. And his initial reaction was, let me just give you these papers and you can eat a balanced diet and that might help. And I was like, all right, well, um, maybe if you bothered to listen to what I already do, you would know that might not be my problem. Um, So had this initial meeting with him, uh, wasn't super thrilled, but didn't really have anyone else to uh, talk to or go to at that point. Um, And I just started to feel worse and worse. Um, This was over the summer. I was training for my first marathon. So that presented its own challenges as well. Um, and then I finally just felt so miserable. I called him and said, this something is wrong. We have to do something. Um, so he scheduled me for a colonoscopy in September, um, found some inflammation and didn't formally diagnose me with ulcerative colitis right away. Um, he also had me get um, some blood work and testing to confirm things. Um, but it was, it was in September of that year that I was diagnosed with UC Um, and I really just wasn't a fan of his, uh, care plan or treatment or anything like that. So I, I shopped around for doctors a little bit and now I'm happy to say that I have found a GI who listens to me, who treats me like a person and like a, not just a patient she has to see and actually cares. Um, Mm -hmm. so I know that can be a challenge sometimes, but it, it took a little while, um, and since then, I've been hospitalized twice, which was a little challenging, obviously, um, not how I wanted to spend, you know, a couple weeks of my life, um, yeah. but everything happens for a reason, so I've learned a lot through my diagnosis and just management of the disease every day. Absolutely. So how long have you had UC now? When were you diagnosed? So I use my, I say my diagnosis date was the date that I did that first colonoscopy, which was September of 2017, even though I didn't start treatment or anything right away because we were waiting for this additional blood work. But I just, I use that date. It's just easier for me to actually put, put a date together versus, you know, saying it was a few days after and then he called and then did this and it's Mm -hmm. just consistent that way. How, like, how are you doing now with your disease and everything? So I'm really, really lucky. Um, I feel like because I, arguably, I'm in remission. Uh, The last colonoscopy that I got was January of 2019, and it did show some minor inflammation. So technically, there's no documentation that I'm in remission, but I feel like I'm in remission, which I think one is great, obviously, because I feel really good. And I have a a healthcare team that treats me appropriately. And I feel like I'm well cared for. 
and the medication that I'm on works and whatnot, but also just given, you know, the nature of what's going on in the world now and how much, how much stress everyone is under in general. Um, and I also, I work in the front lines. I feel like I am very, very fortunate to be healthy and be able to do my job and live my life like almost like a regular person where sometimes I actually forget that I have UC, which is kind of a weird thing. Never thought that would happen. I always figured this would be, you know, I mean, it is a part of my life. Don't get me wrong, you know, for forever and ever, but there are days when I forget that I have this chronic illness. That's awesome. That's, that's really lucky. It's, um, you know, I'm so happy that you were able to number one, find a doctor that listens to you. I think that's so key when it comes to having a chronic illness, but then being able to say that you've gone into remission in just like two years, for example, that's awesome. So what do you think was the hardest thing that you had to go through throughout all this? I think the biggest challenge was finding the right care team for me. Um, because I could tell from the very beginning when I met with this first GI doctor, he was not the right fit for me. Um, at, again, at that time, I didn't really know much about UC. I didn't know really anyone who had UC or Crohn's or anything. Um, I've always talked openly on social media just about my health and or, you know, marathon training, working out, you know, diet, all of that stuff. But I hadn't yet really connected with other people in the IBD community. And it wasn't until I met a friend, I want to say a month or two after this initial diagnosis, she told me she had UC. She told me how much she loved her doctor. Uh, she was so happy because she kind of went through a similar struggle. Um, and it was December of 2017 when I was having bloody bowel movements again. And this, doc, this initial doctor's response was, let me put you on prednisone. And my reaction was, that doesn't fix my problem. That's a band-aid. Why are you just throwing drugs at me? I understand prednisone can work, right? I've learned that, you know, the hard way, but that's not the answer. Obviously something else is wrong. So I reached out to this friend and I was like, I need your, your doctor's information. So essentially I set up an appointment with this new doctor and established care with her. And I just felt so much better, but it was just going through that and having to really explain kind of like what you said at the beginning explain that like this is not just in my head that you know I really do have these very real symptoms and they need to be managed and they're not being managed and I didn't feel like I was being listened to or valued by this you know initial doctor and so just taking the steps to actually be proactive about my health I think was pretty challenging um, and then to kind of piggyback off of that the second GI who I still see now, who I absolutely adore. She's incredible. Um, she changed around my treatment plan because she actually listened to what I was saying. She saw the scopes. I brought her the documentation that I had. You know, she kind of explained everything to me so I could understand it in um, lay layman's terms and whatnot. Um, but essentially, it was a misdiagnosis from the beginning because I was a almost only treating proctitis, which is what I thought I had, but I actually had inflammation that spread further up the large intestine. And so the challenge with that is that I went into like the worst flare of my life in April and May of 2018. So I was hospitalized for eight days there. And so that was its own challenge in itself because no one wants to spend, I mean, even a day in the hospital, right? Let alone over a week. And then to get out 
you know, feel good and whatnot. I was able to travel that summer, but then to wind up in the hospital again in August. So that was challenging just from a like physical, mental, emotional standpoint. But again, I firmly believe everything happens for a reason. So it sucked at the time. It was really hard, but it was a great learning experience for me also. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, in such a short amount of time when you have a chronic illness, especially one that involves your guts, like IBD sort of thing, like I'm full well aware of that because I have Crohn's, but you really learn so much about your body and about how your body reacts to foods and stress and your environment, your situation sort of thing. And, you know, now it's, it almost like creates so much wisdom for your own body sort of thing. I think it's just so cool. So but um, kind of on the flip side of that, what do you think has been the best thing to come from all of this? I'm really glad you asked this question, actually. When I was kind of looking through things beforehand, I was like, oh, thank goodness, this is perfect. So as challenging as it was for me to be in the hospital, again, no one wants to be there. It also felt right to me in this weird way. I knew that I was going to get the treatment that I needed. I knew that I was actually going to feel better. I felt so calm. And I mean, I struggle with anxiety because of IBD and separately, like I've had anxiety for most of my life, even when I was a teenager and a kid, but it, everything just felt at ease. And it was in that first eight day hospitalization that I realized I actually needed to change my career and start working in medicine. So um, again, going back to everything happens for a reason, right? I used to work in corporate America. I did that for four years and it was my own illness that helped me realize that I need to do something that matters more to me, something more, more close to home. Um, and so I got out of the hospital and I gave myself two months and I said, I'm going to, it was going on a, a trip to Europe. And I said, when I come back, I'm going to decide, I'm going to have, I'm going to know what am I going to do with my life and I'm going to actually do it. And so now I'm on the path to PA school and it's just been this incredible journey so far. And again, thankfully my gut has cooperated through most of it. So it's, it's been really exciting and it's, it's a unique story. I feel like I get to tell of how I took a complete 180 of my life and my career. That's so funny that you say that because in one of my most previous podcasts, I had a conversation with someone and they were like, you know, your chronic disease almost pushes you in the right direction of where you're actually supposed to go. So whether you're in a career path and, you know, your body's like, nope, this isn't what you're supposed to do. So I'm going to give you a disease and then you'll figure it out. <laughs> like I mean, it's true. That's, that's essentially what happened because I was yeah. so anti working in medicine my whole life. My entire family works in healthcare and I was like, I'm different than you guys. This is not for me. And then it was like, okay, you have UC, you're going to go into the hospital. You know, you're going to feel really well cared for. You're going to connect with your nurses and doctors and techs and, you know, APPs and whatever. And here we are now. It's like, I, completely changed around my entire life. I took all of the prereqs to go to PA school. I've applied. I'm working in a hospital. I mean, I'm doing all of the things that I feel like a lot of people who may want to make a change say they want to do and don't ever do. And it's like, wow, I actually, the disease motivated me enough to actually do it. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. I'm really excited for you. That's so cool. So I have a bit of a fun one for you. If you can go back in time and tell your younger self something, what would it be? I think, I mean, like the thing that keeps just popping into my head is like, 
just reminding myself that I'm on my own journey, whatever that might be, whether that's related to IBD or whether that's related to my education or to my fitness journey or to my balanced diet or to whatever it is. It's that I'm doing what I need to do for myself and not for someone else. And that my journey and my experiences are going to look different than other people's and that's okay. And that what works for one person may not work for me. And that kind of goes into the whole comparison game of, you know, everyone is unique in their own ways. And so just feel like we get stuck in that comparison game and the why doesn't this work for me or I saw this on Instagram so I'm gonna try it now type of mentality a lot so just reminding I would I would go back and just tell my I mean maybe even my teenage self that you know I'm on my own journey and this is all happening for a reason that's awesome I think that's so important when it comes to anybody let alone somebody that has chronic illnesses to not compare yourself to other people because there's literally no point because you're not the same as anybody else out there but I remember when I was younger, I used to do that so much. And I just wonder how much of that stress contributed to my flare-ups and that sort of thing. But I mean, I think that's so important and such a great piece of advice for anybody listening because, you know, it doesn't matter who other people are. It matters who you are and it matters what you want to do with your life sort of thing. And it's like, just like you, what you're doing now, it's like you took your whole life in your hands and said, okay, I'm going to do something different with my life. And now you're going through PA school. That's awesome. So what are you, what, it, what is a PA if you don't mind me asking, by the way? So a PA is a physician assistant. There are PAs um, primarily in the US, also in Canada. Um, I do know a few Canadian PAs, but a physician assistant essentially works with the doctor um, mm-hmm. they, in several states in the United States, they are dependent practitioners. So if you're looking at a hierarchy, arguably a PA works under a doctor, so they don't cool. take any of the liability, um, right. like a doctor would, but they are all also independent practitioners in some other states. Um, but we can, I mean, I'm not a PA yet, but you know, eventually mm-hmm. when we get yeah. there, um, we mm-hmm. can diagnose, treat and prescribe um, medications, um, to patients. So essentially PAs function like doctors. Um, they're very helpful in primary care because doctors just get so overwhelmed sometimes and have to see so many patients, but the training is essentially the same. It's just much shorter. PA school is two years, sometimes 30 months, not four years. Um, you can change your specialty, which is awesome because if I decide I want to work you know, in, as of today, trauma surgery for, you know, several years. And then I want to go work in an ICU and then I want to go do something else. I don't need to, you know, go through three or four different residencies because we can kind of bounce around, which is really cool. Um, that was one of the things that sort of put me in that direction. Um, and then it's understanding more of the, the medicine and the medical model to treating illness and disease versus um, like nurse practitioners, which can be comparable to PAs sometimes. Um, They're more the patient model is kind of how they're trained. Um, And they were nurses previously. Um, So it's a little bit different. Um, You know, each person and each, um, you know, job has its own perks and whatnot. But I just felt like being a PA for me was going to be the most fulfilling and I was going to get the most out of my career and still have a balance between work and life. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure your um, school debt is going to be far less than 
actually becoming a real doctor. So that's helpful too. <laughs> yes, it's it's expensive, but not as expensive as medical school. So that does help. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I won't be 35 or however old it would be. You know, And I, I don't want to be a doctor. I mean, if I wanted to do that, I mm-hmm. could do that. But mm-hmm. I feel like the role of the PA for me is a much better fit and is still yeah. going to... I'm still going to get what I want out of my career. And I'm just like, I'm just excited. I'm like, I want to just get there already. Like it's, it's, it's time. I mean, you know, patience and what have you, but I'm, I'm antsy. Like, can I just get these acceptances and can I just go to school and start working? Absolutely. And help people and all that stuff. That's great. That's so cool. So what is, what's actually helping you the most right now with your disease? Like, what do you do? Do you do anything holistically? What treatments are you on? That sort of thing. So as far as like treatments, what I do is um, I do Remicade infusions. Um, So I get infusions every four or five weeks or so. Um, They take about two and a half hours, which is just a long time for treatment. When you think about something like Humira, which is a shot every two weeks, or you think about, you know, oral medications, which is just you take a pill every day or what have you, but my body did not respond to those options. So Remicade has done wonders for me. Um, and then I also use a compounded suppository, which is custom made by this small pharmacy somewhere in Illinois. I don't really know where, but they mail them to me. <laughs> but essentially, it's a combination of the mesalamine medication and um, the budisinone steroid. Um, and the two of those things together have worked wonders as far as making me feel good. And then just generally with diet, like I don't eat gluten, dairy, or soy really. Um, some of that's due to intolerances I had previously. Um, and then there's certain, you, I know you were talking about it before, but like trigger foods and stuff like that. Um, raw vegetables and I, we're not, we're not friends. Um, too many beans. Um, we're not friends either. And then a lot of added sugar, just my stomach and my body just doesn't really like it. Um, so I'd say like that in general. And then now that I have a diagnosis, which is a huge thing in itself, and I am really open with sharing it on social media, I've connected with so many other people with IBD, with invisible illnesses, with chronic illnesses, People that I know in real life that I went to college with or I went to high school with have now started reaching out to me and have said, you know, I am having X, Y, and Z symptom. You know, I've heard you talk about it. What did you do? So it's like I've almost become this like support person for so many other people like in the community. Runners will reach out to me sometimes or just like random people. And it's so cool because I didn't try to do this. You know, it's not like I advertised for this to happen, but I just, I share things so openly that it just, it literally just fell into my lap and I really enjoy doing it. Absolutely. And it's just amazing when you're authentic online, how many people resonate with you and just want to connect with you. And I think that right now, because of this pandemic too, people crave connection, people crave that relateness sort of thing. So I think what you're doing is fantastic. And being that support person and somebody that has been through the ringer and back, if you will, I mean, people people need hope and, and you're their hope sort of thing. I think that's awesome. We need more people out there like Thank that you. are advocates for that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's not a comfortable thing to talk about, but I mean, I'm very open. So I just, yeah. I share it all. Well, and it's an interesting topic. I mean, I don't understand why. So, and I've, and I've said this on the podcast before a few times, but like, I really don't understand why people 
Like when I was growing up, talking about bowel movements and about your poop was really embarrassing and you just didn't do it. You just didn't do it. And of course, when I started to get sick, I was 16 years old. And like, who do you talk to about that? You're like, oh, so I'm pooping blood. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. you're a teenager and it's like, you're a teenager. Like, that's not where your mind's at. <laughs> no, exactly. So I think that like having regular conversations about the normal bodily functions it functions is so important whether it's poop or women's period or whatever you want to call it it's just it needs to become more of a normal thing for human beings so that we become comfortable and we can talk about you know what problems we're facing on a regular basis it's just crazy so Absolutely. I, honestly Anyways, like i just feel like things. we all yeah they're all normal things exactly we just need to start talking about it more who cares <laughs> like we all do it <laughs> yeah no i i agree with that entirely and i feel like some people are slowly starting to get there mm -hmm. uh, but it's i mean it's going to be a process you know it's going to take totally. time but i mean especially with i feel like our generation now with social media and stuff Mm -hmm. I feel like people are starting to be more open to things like this and these types of conversations. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with that. So, and, and like you say, I mean, I think that the more people that go online that are advocates for their diseases and I mean, Instagram is a huge, huge chronic disease uh, community, whether it be for specific diseases or just chronic disease as a whole. I mean, we're all out there telling our stories and that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast is so that we have these hard conversations and we tell people it's not embarrassing it just is what it is sort of thing so yeah definitely. no I love it I think it's awesome can you give our listeners a little bit more advice for their struggles yeah so my biggest piece of advice is to advocate for yourself um it, I know it's a lot easier said than done but if you're not happy with your healthcare team, if you're not happy with the people that are in your support group or support system, do something about it. Um, it's, it's hard and you're, you put yourself out there um, you know, and you, you wanna feel better, uh, but if you don't have a doctor or a nurse or anyone who listens to you or is taking your complaint seriously or is blowing you off or is throwing medication in your face or you just don't vibe with i mean they could be a great provider you just you're not feeling it that's okay but do something about it look up other doctors reach out to other people who might be struggling see what their experiences were like you know don't don't hide away forever don't just accept things. Um, ask questions. I think that's an important one. I, for me personally, I've, I have a little bit of medical knowledge now, so I, I do ask a lot of questions. I understand how a lot of these things work, but if you don't ask your doctor, why are you putting me on a biologic medicine instead of an oral medication? Like, what's the reason behind this? You know, how does this medication work? When I first saw the, the GI that I connected with, she pulled up a picture of the large intestine and showed me where the inflammation was. That was so helpful because at that point I hadn't gone back to school or anything. My knowledge is very minimal, but she took the time to explain these things. So you have to just do your best to find someone who's going to listen to you and you have to be your own advocate for your health. And it's important obviously to you know trust and work with someone else but at the end of the day it's your body and you're the one that's going to feel good or feel really bad so you have to advocate for yourself absolutely and you know just to kind of add on that i mean like you say if you're dealing with 
a doctor or somebody that you don't like and you want to switch doctors, you're not going to hurt their feelings, number one. So don't ever feel bad for switching doctors. Don't ever feel bad because this is your life, not the doctor's life. So switch doctors. It's a really important thing to do. I know, funny enough, actually, my first GI doctor was awful to me. I remember I ended up missing an appointment once because I was just in so much pain. I honestly just forgot about it. And anyways, his assistant called me and she's like, you need to be more responsible with your appointments, Becky. And I'm like... (laughs) That's a hard no. Like, thank you. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know if you know this, but I'm in excruciating pain. I'm on all these medications. Like, sorry, I forgot about my damn appointment. Like, anyways. Plus, I didn't really vibe with him. Yeah, exactly. Didn't vibe with him. So I didn't really want to go anyways. So anyways, I I found another doctor after that too. But, you know, when they're that bad, you're just like, bye. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Pretty much. And I think that's really, really important because so many people that reach out to me or that I just hear mm. their stories, they just, I hear a lot of complaining, rightfully so, but I think more people should be proactive in, yeah. you know, finding better doctors, better care teams, you know, whoever it's going to be, because mm-hmm. you're not, it, it's kind of like trial and error. You're going shopping. It sounds weird. Yeah. And be really frustrating because you just want to establish care with someone, but it has to be the right person to get the right kind of care. And I wholeheartedly believe that to be true. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. So awesome. Gabby, well, thank you so much for your time and all of your advice. But before we go, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Oh, yes. Um, So Instagram is usually the best um, way to communicate with me. My handle is fitfortitude spelled like for the number four, but I'm sure Becky will link that here when she uh, shares the podcast. Um, So feel free to give me a follow. Um, I have a blog too, kind of working on uh, writing more for that now that I have a little bit more free time. Um, But Instagram is usually um, the best for me and send me a message, comment, you know, say hi, don't be a stranger. I love connecting with people. So don't be shy. Yeah. And we'll definitely put your Instagram contact as well as your blog up in the podcast description as well. No worries there. And thank you so much again. I really appreciate your time and your vulnerability telling your story and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on the show sometime. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our lovely listeners, that's all for this episode. And Gabby and I are off like a herd of turtles.